Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to episode 16 of the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We're excited to jump into this one. We're going to be talking about confession, confession of sin uh, to God, and specifically within the context of Psalm 51 as we've been working through the series at Ontario Christian Church, Jesus the True and Better. Steve preached a great sermon this past week on Jesus being the true and better David. And so David wrote this psalm. Um, and we're going to jump into it and, and see how God speaks to us through it. So, Steve, you want to give a little bit of a backstory on what prompts David to write this psalm? Yeah, I'm sure most of our listeners probably are very aware of David's sin with Bathsheba. And this Psalm 51 was written uh, as David's response to that sin and also his understanding of who God is in light of his sin. So Psalm 51 uh, comes on the, the back end of his narrative in regards to that sin with Bathsheba. Obviously, there was the adultery that occurred there, but then there's also murder, there's plots, there's just a lot of different things that occurred. Uh, and in that process, David, uh, after it happens, gets confronted, and in that confrontation, he realizes his sin. Uh, he has some fasting and uh, just praying and begging God to forgive him of that sin and to spare the life of that child. Uh, God does not spare that life of the child, takes that child home. Uh, but through that redemption, uh, we have Solomon as the second child with uh, that relationship between David and Bathsheba. Um, and so this is just a laying out of his heart of uh, before the Lord, before God, about his real reality and realization of his sin and the consequences of his sin. And so it's uh, just a good uh, way for us to kind of read it and look it over and consider our own walks. And how do we view our sin? How do we view God? How do we view ourselves? So uh, that's just the really quick, really quick background of it. So did you want to pick it up then, Psalm 51? Yeah, and just a thought I had kind of like before we read this is I've heard it said before, I used to hear this a lot growing up, that um, you know often we think that we, we might struggle with shame and, and guilt and thinking we are... Um, in a spot where God's love can't meet us or something like that. And the way I used to hear it is if David's uh, level of sin is varsity level, then we're like middle schoolers on the bench of mm -hmm. the basketball team. Mm -hmm. and, and David is called a man after God's own heart and a man that God loved. And um, so just to keep that in mind, like as we read through this, just a thought I had uh, starting in verse one, have mercy on me. O God, according to your steadfast love, According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you may ju be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth and in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom and the secret heart. Maybe let's go ahead and pause there. Steve, as you read through the first uh, six verses there, what jumps out to you? Well, there's, there is a lot again, but um, the, the initial 
starting of this whole prayer, this whole this whole psalm is have mercy on me, O God. And so he's in full awareness of his sin and then the consequence of that sin, um, which would be a heavy, heavy, heavy burden mm-hmm. uh, based upon what had occurred in that relationship. Um, but he's begging for the Lord to have mercy. And he knows, so he, he wouldn't ask for something from somebody if he didn't think they were probably going to give it to you mm-hmm. as well. And so he knows that God is a God of mercy. Uh, so that's the that's the God that he has a relationship with. And so he understands, He, like you said, he can come before God and uh, even have this request. And I think he's broken hearted. That's quite obvious. Uh, but he, he does list according to your steadfast love. And so he's kind of echoing back to God. Hey, I know you're a God of love. So please have mercy on me. Please mm-hmm. understand my heart mm-hmm. uh, and desperate to have his sins blotted out. He does, Who wants to walk around with your your sins ever before you and the consequences mm-hmm. of them. Uh, so he's just begging the Lord to cleanse him from his sins. So that's the first two verses, I guess, that, that jump out to me. Uh, and there's more, but anything in those first couple that, that you wanted to talk about? In the first two there? Yeah, I just, um, I mean, I've I've used these words in prayer before. And just to, to blot out my transgressions and wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. I know we're going to, jump into first uh, John 1 9 uh, later on first John uh, chapter 1 rather mm-hmm. but um just the idea of, of God cleansing us from our sin and specifically within the context of first John it's cleanse us from all unrighteousness mm-hmm. um, and so that just sticks out to me as language throughout scripture as it relates to confession of sin that we um, both ask for cleansing and God does actually cleanse us of our sin mm-hmm so yeah, and three, he says, uh, I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. So, I mm. mean, it's just the reality that uh, as he's walking, can you imagine even uh, <clears throat> she becomes his wife, mm. the next child? Like, so they're just a reminder every day of of the consequence, but then it also to remind you yourself of God's goodness and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So what would be a testimony or testament of uh, horrible decisions and consequences then all can also become a testament of God's love and forgiveness for um for him. So, and against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Um, and we spent a lot of time in the past talking about the fact that against you and you only have I sinned. And mm. it's interesting that he points out that um, that Bathsheba and her husband um, and all the other men in the front lines that died, um, they were created in God's image. God made them. And because he had done these things to them, um, he had ultimately sinned against the Creator of these people. So his sin uh, initially would be against uh, the God of creation. And so he says against you and you only have I sinned. So any comments you have on that or thoughts? Yeah. I mean, just um, you actually mentioned this yesterday, but even when we sin against others, you know, everyone is made in the image Mm -hmm. of God. And so uh, we are of course sinning against others and hurting them, but we're also sinning against uh, God in them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and God's creation and God himself. And so, just the gravity. I think myself included at times, we miss the gravity of our sin. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is treacherous. It's deplorable. I mean, it's a big deal and God takes it very seriously. And obviously his, his mercy is there for it and he is forgiving, but he does call us to repent. Um, and I think just the acknowledgement against you and you only have I sinned and none was evil in your sight. Um, I also thought about in verse three, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Um, This is not necessarily where David's taking it. Obviously, he's in the context of confession, but um, seeing the world 
and the people around me uh, with the lens or the filter of my own brokenness. I think sometimes we have almost a, we can be prone to have like a phobia of broken people or people that we perceive to be more sinful Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. Like there's something that holds us back from engaging. There's something that conditions us to be partial. Um, And I really think that the thing that stops all that is leading with the idea or living your life with the idea of your own brokenness in view. Like we could almost start every day like this. I know my transgressions and my sin is Mm -hmm. ever before me, but but God, you are merciful. So there's that side to it too as well. But um, just the way we see the world and do we understand um, that our sin is ever before us all the time. Mm. So David's talking about obviously this um, massive moral failure and everything else going on, you know, murder and lying and covering up. But this relates just as much to how we don't love our spouse as well or how we don't do this or leave this thing undone or leave this thing unsaid. So just thoughts on verse three. Mm-hmm. There's a lot here. There is. Yeah. I'm not sure we're going to be able to make it very far. Yeah. We'll see what happens here. Um, as I was reading on verse six, behold, your delight, you delight in truth, uh, mm-hmm. in the inward being, uh, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. And so him kind of pointing out the fact that uh, God's after our hearts. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what God desired uh, from David uh, in this specific thing. And David even acknowledges, hey, I know this is what you desire. Like you desire to me, uh, to me, for me to live in such a way that uh, brings forth the fact that that you dwell within me, that you, you've done the change in my heart and you've given me w- wisdom uh, that says, even though the world may be going this way, I desire to walk the opposite direction. I desire to pursue uh, who God has called me to be in that as well. So anything in those couple few verses? Yeah, I um, recently within the last year or two, um, you know, when I'm reading through scriptures, wh- whatever it may be, I'm just trying to pay close attention to when uh, scriptures talks about the inward being or the heart or the inner man or like the depths of who we are, because that's um, that's where God is working towards. Mm-hmm. And um, I think oftentimes we are prone to neglect it because it's hard to sort through our inner selves and all that's going on in our hearts and whatnot. But just, yeah, like you said, I mean, that's where, that's exactly where God wants to go. He wants to work in our hearts and transform us from the inside out. Especially in a culture that looks at the outside Mm. mostly, right? Yeah. It's like, that's, that's just the culture uh, that we live in. And yet God's after the inside. I'm going to cheat here. It's in the scriptures just a little <laughs> further down, but in verse 10, 10 he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. <laughs> so I know I'm jumping way ahead. Forgive me for that, no. but I'm also looking at the time here yeah. and thinking to myself, just what you said is that God, uh, so he's crying out, creating me a clean heart, O God. So mm-hmm. he, under, he understands it uh, ultimately that his heart is what matters. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm. Um, and so God is after, uh, God wants to be our treasure. And uh, when he is our treasure, then our heart is bent towards him. And we've talked about this in the past. What is your treasure? Like Mm -hmm. identifying what your treasure is. Um, And so the confession comes when we realize that the treasure in our life is not God or anything holy or true or pure. Mm. Um, And so that's when confession needs to happen, right? Confession needs to happen when I realize I um, I have 
my heart has wandered and lusted after something else, mm-hmm. whether it be me, my own pleasure, somebody else, something. Um, that's when confession needs to happen in that moment of my heart, like the treasure's off, my heart's off, my mind's pondering, my will will follow. I will mm-hmm. act out negatively or sinfully if I don't align my treasure, get my heart back aligned with the proper treasure, that being God. So uh, David's saying, created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So he knows that God... Um, if God is his treasure, and then God can also do the work that God wants to do in his heart and mind. Sorry, I jumped all the way to ten, oh. but yeah, you cheated. No, big you're time. not cheating. Big time. So let's yeah. go. Ahead, let's go ahead and read seven through twelve. Then yeah, go for and it. Jump to the rest of them too. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. There's that line again from verse 2. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit with me. You see, I just, right there, I know we didn't get to the bottom yet, but like David's posture is like, it's like he's like, you mentioned at the beginning, he's like pleading with the Lord Mm -hmm. to cleanse him, to create in him a clean heart, to wash him of his guilt, to wash him of his sin, to cleanse him from his iniquity. And David understands Obviously, his sin had major consequences, mm-hmm. but David understands the gravity of his sin, the affront it is to God and God's creation. 11, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Maybe someday we should do a uh, a podcast on references to the Holy Spirit That'd in the Old Testament. Awesome. That'd be really awesome. Yeah. 12, is restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. So again, a lot there. Um what do you want to jump to now? Well, just real quick, I guess in eight and then where you just ended, eight, let me hear joy and gladness. Mm. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. And so uh, sometimes life just stinks. And mm-hmm. it's It's not a consequence of our sin. It may be a consequence of somebody else's, and mm-hmm. now we're stuck with that. But in this case, it was his sin. So in this specific instance, it was his sin that has caused his bones to be broken. And he's literally saying, like, if you've ever had that deep down pit broken feeling because it's something you've done right Mm. um and he knows that his joy is like gone um but the scriptures say that um god is our source of joy right and so he knows his relationship with god has been broken therefore joy seems very distant to him Uh, so he wants to hear joy and gladness again um restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit Mm. Uh, so he knows that god is the god is the source of joy and he has broken that relationship with the lord Um, and so he's desirous of having joy again but Mm -hmm. not at the consequence of not first having god because god being the source of joy and i think sometimes we want um, the prize without being god's possession i want Mm. i want the prize of joy without being god's possession you know and so in this case he's saying uh, he starts it with fix my relationship with you, God, and let you be the source of my joy because it's gone. It's dried up. Mm-hmm. My sin is ever before me. So um, just I, that just jumps out to me, I guess, that God sometimes lets us, lets our bones be broke for a mm-hmm. while, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so that we can um, become desperate, I think, yeah, uh, for him in that. So that's what jumped out to me, I guess, in those few verses. Yeah. I mean, like, he, like we said, David was definitely desperate. Very you know, desperate for God to intervene, and you know I've prayed, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Mm-hmm. Often, it's mm-hmm. like because, like you said, sometimes life does think that might be a direct result of our sin, someone else's sin, or just the brokenness of the world. But maybe 
uh, now might be a good time to jump to Psalm 32. Mm-hmm. I know you had a scripture you wanted to share there, just with the uh, um, the bones that you've broken, <laughs> bones that you have broken. Let them rejoice. Yeah, Psalm 32. Uh, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose mm. sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength is dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Mm. So this being another psalm of David, um, where it falls, you know, it doesn't really say in the psalm, but... You, you could assume maybe part of this is, is that narrative as well. But sure. um, so just he acknowledges, confesses, and he understands that um, keeping silent with your sin does not do any good. Mm. It breaks mm. you up. It busts you up. And so when you're um, when you understand that you've sinned, uh, run to God, run to God. We talked about that um, with the last couple podcasts. But mm-hmm. uh, when we have sinned. Um, don't be silent. Go to the Father and confess that sin and deal with it and let God be uh, the one who covers those sins for you, forgives you, uh, and sets you free. So mm. any thoughts that you have on that before we jump ahead? Yeah. I mean, I just I think about times in my own life, but just how many of us walk around for whatever reason. I know there's, there's a whole host of reasons as to why we don't feel like we can confess our sins. Maybe we feel like we're unworthy of forgiveness, to which we are to a degree, but God has given it to us in full. He's cleansed us from all unrighteousness, mm-hmm. and he promises that he will if we confess. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's, um, again, there's a whole host of reasons, and that's that's another podcast as to why we're apprehensive to confess our sins. But um, how many of us are walking around wasting away? Mm-hmm. How many of us are walking around groaning all day and, and, and feeling the heavy hand upon me? I think it's a reference to conviction mm-hmm. and our strength being dried up. Mm-hmm. Like we're being sapped yep. because we're holding this burden. And the reality is like we're much more afraid of being honest with God than God is of us being honest with him. He already knows. He already <laughs> knows. He just wants us to come home. It's like, it's like come home. He's right. going to like run and like catch you in his arms like in the scene of the prodigal son like we just talked about. Um, and so that just stuck out to me. Um, yeah, we, we almost work harder, I think, to cover up our sin than we do to confess. Absolutely. It, it's and like, we, just lay it down. Yeah, we wear ourselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at that point, maybe we finally come to our senses. Yeah. Well, you quoted First John 1, which is awesome, mm. um, talking about First uh, John 1, 5 and following. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from what? All, all sin. sin. I have that circled in my Bible. Yeah. I don't know why. Why? Because you told me to one well, time in a sermon. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that now with my new large print that's coming <laughs> <Yeah>. tomorrow. <laughs> if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our mm-hmm. sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, and so the reality is that uh, God desires to through Jesus, not even through our own stuff mm. to, to set us free and to forgive us of our sins. Um, so anything in there, you've already quoted it. That's why I decided to jump there. Mm-hmm. But anything that jumps out to you, man, I just, I think about, um, who this podcast is applicable to me, and everyone, me, yeah, me, yeah, <laughs> me. Absolutely. You know, like if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and yeah. the truth is not in. It's like, John's not pulling any punches. Right. Um, 
we all have sin to confess. I have sin to confess. Um, and so, and again, in verse nine, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think you told me to circle all, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I don't know why. I'm going to go ahead and circle it. But he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You know, he, so yeah, those are just my initial thoughts. Yeah. And, uh, and two, he continues on, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word uh, in him, truly the love of God is perfected. Mm. By this, we know that we are in him. Um, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Um, so just reminding us that um, you know, Jesus is our advocate. He's the one that uh, takes away our sins. And then a little bit later, do not love the world or things in the world. If you love the world, uh, the, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of uh, pride, and pride rather in possessions is not from the Father but in the world. The world's passing away along with his desires. Whatever does the will of God mm-hmm. abides forever. And so... Um, and then he continues on over and over again in uh, verse 28. And now little children abide in him, rest in him, mm-hmm. live in him, so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm going to stop just because it continues to go on and on, but the reality is that it's in Jesus <laughs> that as our advocate that we um that when we confess it's already done like mm-hmm. it is you know it's finished like mm-hmm. we don't have nothing to fear nothing to be worried about there's nothing i can do to fix well i can fix some things right but ultimately between i and the father jesus has already done it and so i can abide and rest in him um and that's why i can have confidence to confess in him that he's a loving god and willing to forgive me so mm-hmm. anything in there jump out to your other thoughts that you may have had before we wrap this up in a little bit yeah just i mean John continues to hit the same theme, and I think it's important to note out how many times, even just in the scriptures you just read, that he talks about abiding. Right. And I think abiding in Christ is our response to yes, his purging us of our sin, his mm-hmm. cleansing us from all unrighteousness, his forgiving us. Like, all right, now go abide. His kindness meant to lead us to repentance. You know, like, I sin, I confess my sin, he forgives me, and then I walk in righteousness with him. I, I seek to do that and I seek to remain or abide in him. We've talked about that before. So mm-hmm. just that that's, that's our role after confession, go back to abiding. It's like you keep coming back to our first love and language of revelation. Yeah. Was there any other thoughts or scriptures you had? Those were kind of the ones that I, we talked about, but yeah, just one more thought that I would, it's as we were reading through Psalm 51, um, just thinking about, the state David was probably in when he wrote this. And I heard someone point out one time, you know, I wonder if David ever thought we would, this is one of the most well-known Psalms mm-hmm. in all the Psalms. You know, it's one of the most well-known scriptures, probably even. Um, I wonder if David ever thought we would read it. Hmm. If we would record a podcast on it. Right. If we would preach sermons on it. Mm-hmm. If it would be where we would turn to help someone walk through confession or turn ourselves and take his language in the depths of his sin. And God has used it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, that just, this is a mind blowing thought to me. And as I said at the beginning, like if we think we're too far gone, like we are not. And like, we can take what David used and it is the word of God. It's been inspired and it's been used to lead so many to freedom from guilt and shame, just forgiveness with God. And so, Take this psalm, let's make it our own, and walk in freedom. Absolutely. 
uh, God is never so far away that he isn't ready to accept us in that mm. uh, humble heart, and yeah. conf- a heart of confession. Um, and so we go to him. Let's run to him together uh, and freely share with him our hearts and our minds in regards to our sin and uh, just reminding ourselves that he is a loving God and willing to meet us in that. And uh, so let's do so. So this is kind of a ended up being one of those podcasts right after the last two that kind of continues that theme that God is approachable. Mm-hmm. God is love and he desires for us to um, repent, turn from our wicked ways and to pursue after him um, and receive his grace, mercy and forgiveness. And then walk anew, walk fresh and abide in Christ. So, yeah, we thank you for listening this week. Uh, we pray that it would be a, a blessing for you this week. And we'd encourage you to, to please do email us at podcastseekfirst at gmail.com. Again, that's podcastseekfirst at gmail.com uh, with your ideas and thoughts about future podcasts. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings.